Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Top Marks podcast. I'm your host, TJ Sutherland. And with me this evening, we have Dan Collicott. Evening. And Imran Mirza. Hello. So for today's topic, we'll be asking the question, are part-timers a bad thing in the product of WWE? Now, when we talk about part-timers, we mean the likes of, I guess, The Rock, Undertaker, Batista, Cena, probably, would be considered a part-timer now, I would guess. Yeah, definitely. Um, on the women's side, Lita, Trish Stratus, those kind of wrestlers back from the Attitude Era, I guess, would be most of the guys that you would consider to be a part-timer. But also people like Brock Lesnar as well, who... Anyone who isn't regularly on the weekly shows and get brought back for a ratings pop every now and then or to headline a major event. So are there benefits to the product in terms of generating headlines and getting bums on seats or uh, raising interest in the product? Or are they hindrance by keeping talent off the shows and restricting their airtime? So... Who should we go to first? Imran, should we start with you? What What are your thoughts on part-time? What would you consider to be a part-timer, first of all? Well, that's a great question. I, I kind of think that they, uh, what would constitute a part-timer kind of falls into three categories. You have your, um, so you have the first instance where you'd have, say, Brock Lesnar, who is on a long-term, well, initially was on a long-term contract, but he has his days that are set. And he doesn't do house shows, obviously, and he, he has his set appearances per mm. year. So he is a part-timer in that respect. Then you've got people like um, well, the current, say, Batista situation, where he's potentially walking into, say, a, a main a, a WrestleMania, you know, main featured match. But that will probably be it. And then that's, you know, he'll probably, well, I think he stated that that would be his last match. But you have guys that come in for WrestleMania season, basically. And then you've kind of got, well, before I say the third one, for me, I don't have a problem with the first two. Okay. Because when people stop cheering for people, then there's a problem. And if Batista wasn't getting any reaction, then he shouldn't be there. But he is. And if The Rock's music plays at WrestleMania, people will go ballistic. Mm. And that's great. I don't have a problem with it at all. The third um, kind of category that I would say a part-timer is, well, certainly that where I would say it kind of draws the line is someone who is currently who's probably filling that shoes those shoes best is John Cena um he where he kind of comes and goes based around his movie mm-hmm. roles and that's not in any way a slight to him he comes in when he can but i think you know wrestling is always yes it's predetermined but there's always got to be that element of competitiveness mm-hmm. and i think when that goes and and so Cena at this point isn't going to win any major matches. Mm. You know, he's you know, he's lost cleanly to Shinsuke, he lost to Roman, he's had fleeting appearances in the Survivor series, mm. rumbles. He you know, he loses to technically everybody he's now. Just there to, he's just when, there to so, put people over at the moment. Yes, yeah, yeah ex- exactly. And I don't think that is really ever a role you should have. No wrestler should have that role to be there to put people over because as soon as that element of competition is gone. Mm then there's, there's no expectation, there's no excitement in the, in the match. I mean, you know, if Cena is going to appear, he's currently rumoured to be facing Samoa Joe at Mania. If that match happens, no one believes Cena's going to win that match. I and I, yes, I'm very aware that... I, I, um, uh, 
forgotten his name now. Oh, um, well, I, initially I heard he was supposed to be putting over uh, Lars Sullivan. Well, yes, but that, well, that doesn't seem Lars, like that's yeah, going to happen Lars now. Seems to have some oh, no, no, other um, issues Kurt Angle, on. retiring Kurt Angle. Oh, yes, actually, yeah, I heard that the other day as well, because cause didn't they have... Angle was seen as... Sorry, when Cena had his first appearance on SmackDown, he faced Angle, wasn't it? And now they're talking about doing a kind of, you know, everything's come full circle, you know, first match, last match, that sort of thing. Um, it would make it sense, would make sense but sort of, I think... Yeah, in storyline, but I, I think to your point, like... I sorry, yeah. Actually, finish what you're going to say, and I'll. I'll yeah. Well, yeah. No, well, yeah. Just to say that you know, in the instance, well, I think the Kurt Angle match, if that happens, that would be a one-off in terms of either one is completely okay to win, either one could lose. Mm. But that's not going to be about. That would be about having a good match and a good send-off. That wouldn't be about you know, if you take Cena in against Samoa Joe, for example, in the US mm. title, there's no one that believes Cena's going to win that match. Yeah, true. Um, but and I think when that element, as just to highlight the point, anything that element of competition, when that goes and that, that that hasn't gone for Brock, you know, and and I think it has for Cena. I remember years ago, Rob Van Dam was on a when he had come back to WWE for some time. He was very excited about it because he was on a unique contract where he could work ninety days and then get ninety days off. And because of I think his wife was very ill at the time. Um, and that was, that's, you know, that's kind of fine. But I remember it was nearing the end of one of those 90 days and he had a title match. And it was like, well, everyone knew, you know, his days, he was, his time at that period was, was, was up soon. And it was like, there's no expectation of him to win that match. Do yeah. you know what I mean? That's kind of my point in that category of part-time. I don't particularly enjoy it. I think there's, uh, to a couple of your points, I think there's, there's one part of it that, where, for example, John Cena, you know, if he's the kind of guy that's there now just to put people over, at what point does do you get to that point of diminishing returns? You know, it yeah. used to be a big deal if someone got a pin on John Cena, but the more you do it, the less it has an impact. So at what point yeah. do you go, okay, this, you know, he's not that, that guy that should be putting people over anymore because everyone's beating him so it's not a big deal yeah so dan what are your thoughts on part-timers where do you where do you sit on them well not sit on them obviously how do you feel about them (laughs) um i think uh we've already mentioned brock lesnar i think that's one of my biggest irritations is that i think recently seth rollins stated how long it had been since uh brock lesnar had had a match on raw um, I can't remember how many years it was. It was, it was, but it was ridiculous. Um, and they've it's obviously like six years. Knew, I think he said something like that. What, what was it? Six years, I think, or yeah. something stupid. I think like it that. might have been slightly exaggerated, but it was, mm. it was still pretty bad. And um, I think the fact that, that they've used his lack of appearances and his lack of um, uh, title defenses as a way of generating heat. They've kind of trolled us. If, well, it feels like they've trolled us a number of times by by stating when his contract was going to be up and that he's going to get going going back to um, uh, is it UFC MMA? What, yes, yeah, UFC. Yeah. And and all those things haven't really happened. I mean, he did drop the title 
to Reigns, um, and then Reigns dropped the title, and it went, and it looked like it's looked several times like Braun Strowman was gonna, you know, sign of takeover uh, Brock's mantle, but it it's got to the point where they they've used every angle they can on his part time status to to draw heat, and it's just not it's not effective anymore. It, it genuinely is irritating. I think him and Heyman uh, as a unit, it, it's just become so old hat. Um, he, you know, he at least he has had some a good standard of matches. I will uh, at least hold my hand up and say that his matches against AJ and against Finn Balor were good. But the problem with those matches is you always know he's going to win. And mm. there, there's not much competition factor. It, it feels like, uh, I mean, even Strowman for, for a while, I thought um, Strowman was going to actually beat Brock Lesnar cleanly. I thought Samoa Joe might have a chance because at least they're, you know, bigger, brutish, sweaty men that, that Vince likes. But it feels like mm. all, we, all we've really had recently is he's managed to showcase some better matches, which have effectively put the likes of um, AJ and Balor over without, you know, without actually moving the title along. Mm. And, it, and it feels like how long can this title reign go on for? You know, I know, I know we've got Seth Rollins, um, you know, hopefully moving into the picture, but I don't know. It's just one of the biggest frustrations because the, the Raw title arguably is the biggest title. It's the main belt. And for years and years now, we, we've had it on this guy who, whether, whether or not you believe the hype or, you, you know, you believe the, the background noise, you know, he's there for the money. I don't think he really gives a monkeys about the product. Sometimes he dials in the occasional match. Um, and he's not very likable. Mm. And it, it feels like, you know, that has, in a way, diminished the project. Um, diminished the product and appreciate he he as as Roth would say is the perfect end level baddie but it's just gone on too long now now uh, to your point Iman seen it it is a bit frustrating I mean that the, the last mania appearance where he had you know after that long humiliating build up of him calling out Taker <laughs> to then have a squash mm. match and I, I get because you know Taker's not exactly in shape to go for, you know, more than five, ten minutes these days and appreciate that. But it is a bit pointless. And and to your point, TJ, it is a law of diminishing returns. The more he turns up, the more he loses, the more he becomes, you know, he, he's not able to then uh, put someone over because hmm. you instantly know that as soon as he comes up in any kind of really high-profile competitive match, he, he's going to lose. Which is weird because doesn't he have to win the title one more time to um, usurp Ric Flair? Is that not still a thing? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's currently his. Yeah. That yeah. So you kind of feel like there's going to be, I don't know, some some random uh, fatal four way or ladder match or something where John Cena gets the title one more time. But um, no, I don't think that's going to happen. You don't. I don't think I don't think I think they'll want to keep Ric Flair's um, I, yeah 
I, 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 don't I agree with that. I think that at one point, I think that may have been an option. I think they were thinking about it. But I think now we've seen a really dialing back his appearances and all that kind of stuff. I think they're happy to just let Rick keep that that record, record in inverted commas. Um, yeah, I think, I don't think that's going to happen now with Cena. Cool. Well, yeah, makes sense. But can I put one point to you both um, that I think the part-timer status does work for, and it's not, it, it's using the word part-timer in the loosest sense, but where I think a lot of these wrestlers um, should come back or could come back for that historic one-off pop is the Royal Rumble. And I've been very upset over the last uh, two or three years how few wrestlers have actually, you know, that 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 one nostalgia hit, that that one-off comeback. It, it's, it's hardly happened at all. It's all now, and I get it, and I, I, I am quite excited by the NXT appearances and call-ups uh, for the Rumble, but... Yeah, I, I'm. I, I used to live for watching the Royal Rumble just to see that one wrestler who I used to love back in my childhood come back, <laughs> or even a wrestler who you just thought you'd never see again uh, make an appearance. Um, but yeah, it seems to be happening less and less. What do you guys think yeah. about that? Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I think it's something that used to be. Something like you say, really look forward to the Royal Rumble. You know, you get someone you hadn't seen for years come out, instant pop. I think, I wonder if part of that is a lot of the guys that we know and love from when we first started watching wrestling, they've just got to an age where they've gone, do you know what? I'm not taking that bump over that top rope. <laughs> it's too far down. I'm day. like, yeah. I'm like 60 years old. I'm, I'm not feeling doing that bump. <clears throat> You know, part of it could be that. But I think just to go back to um, an earlier point that Imran made, and I think something that you touched on as well, Dan, is we talk about wrestlers' contracts expiring and, you know, that feeling of the fans that, well, you know, not wanting to get behind someone because, oh, I know they're going to be leaving soon or they're not really a mainstay there. But my question would be, how many of the wider WWE audience actually know that kind of background outside of more recently where they've actually been really vocal about Dean Ambrose leaving the product and he's going to pass his new, blah, 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 blah. How many people in that audience or in the crowd actually really know about when wrestlers are going to be coming and going or when their contracts are up or whether they're, you know, do you know what I mean? Like how how much of that will actually influence whether someone gets behind someone because, you know. But even, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's yeah, it is a great point because you, you often wonder, you know, I guess us as sort of internet mm. IWC smarks, you know, we can, you know, know who's coming beforehand and stuff like that. But in terms of sort of asking a different question, what's that like for someone that doesn't, you know, go to the dirt sheets or anything like that? Mm. And then they see someone and they're like, great, scene is back. And then the next night, I can't wait to watch him on Raw and he's not there. And then it's like, oh, he'll be back next week. Oh, he's not there. What's going on? Six months goes by. Oh, scene is back. I can't wait to see him the next night. Oh, he's not there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's, no, it is. Yeah, 
I mean, it's, I guess I, I guess my point was like, you know, if you've got a match between Brock Lesnar and, say, for example, John Cena at WrestleMania this year, which would be completely random and terrible. But if you had that match on <laughs> and you were a casual fan, theoretically, you wouldn't know who's going to win that match because you don't know that Brock is most likely going to be quitting after Mania this year. And you also wouldn't know whether John Cena's coming or going or going off to do another film necessarily. So mm. do, you, do you see what I mean? It's like, how much of yeah, that yeah. is our, our our frame of mind of knowing when these guys are going to be coming and going? How much of that actually transfers into the casual fan's enjoyment of a match or whether they buy into the false finishes or they or whether they think you know, Cena's got a chance of actually winning the belt. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, I, 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 that's something that I find myself asking that question quite often when it comes to um, how we perceive things in comparison to how the wider audience perceive things. And then in turn, how that influences how WWE book things as well, because they don't book matches necessarily for us or for you know, like you say, the people that read the dirt sheets, they book primarily for the casual audience or the people that go to actually go to the matches and don't necessarily read up on all the ins and outs and the comings and goings of wrestlers. Yeah, but I think, so. I mean, to an extent, you're right. But obviously, if Brock Lesnar, he, I mean, he was participating in the UFC while he was also in the WWE, and that that's out there. I mean, that's... That's hard to ignore. And if you think mm. of John Cena, well, I mean, you'd have to be a bit daft not mm. to notice the fact he's in a film like, you know, Bumblebee mm. that's on, on your local cinema. You, you, can, you know, you, you're going to realise that he's no longer a full-time wrestler and therefore, you know, his his appearances are, uh, are, are kind of... Uh, fleeting, and he and he does a, a lot of the promos that come from him in particular. I guess uh, maybe not some of the other people we're talking about, but you know he does. He's very self-referential. You know he, he he's always playing up to the fact he's he's in other films, and and even people that are um, um, you know taking the Mickey out of him on the mic. That, are, are that bloody haircut. Yeah, well, exactly. The fact he looks like uh, JBL was. Uh, was quite a fantastic <laughs> diss, um, but yeah, you're right. There, there are a lot of wrestlers um, on the card, which you know um, most people wouldn't realise that their contract is 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 at an end. Um, and then there's a lot of there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. I mean, I remember when there was consistent reports and rumours about Dolph Ziggler was done and he was going and he was leaving, and then he signed some. Uh, new contract, some yeah. new contract, and but we've not seen him on TV for weeks now. <laughs> so God knows what's going on there. Exactly, and you have stuff with the big show. You, mm. you know, can't you know he's supposed to be retired, and and then suddenly he, he drops about six stone and reappears, and then never appears again. And, <laughs> and Matt uh, Matt Hardy, um, you're, you're reading that he's um, he's got a new gimmick now. Well, yeah, he seems to be back to. The old Hardy Boys. No, he's got a new... I think it's... I don't think he's brought it to WWE. But he's doing this uh, character called Big Money Matt. Oh. 
check out his social media. It's it's a I, I saw something a brief reference to it the other day, and I saw a picture of him, and it's it's yeah, it's I, it's very weird. I'm not, I, and he's not brought it to WWE. He seems to be seems to have regressed to his 1990s Hardy Boys look, which yeah. is weird because he's like 40 odd. It's so strange. So, um, sorry. So, um, so yeah, it's very odd. But yeah, he's got a new gimmick now. No more. Uh, well, I think he's still saying delete on. Yeah, he's the regular done TV. A little yeah. bit of of the the old gimmick. Um, mm. So I, I have a thought. So. Oh, hello, Milo. Do you hear that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, now I had a thought that the kind of look at, looking at this from a, a different angle. And with. You mean with, Kurt Angle? <laughs> different right. Kurt Angle. But I'm. Do that drum things. Yeah, you've got the power. Oh, oh, too much pressure. I can't do it now. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I'll try again. Here we go. Uh, I just want to look at this from a different angle. You mean Kurt Angle? No, can't find it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where is it? Is it the settings? Oh, wow. Um, uh, get it. Move on. Move on. I, I do find that um, on the on the weekly shows, and also obviously considering there's there's house shows, there's main event, there's lots of other things happening, that some of the full-time wrestlers are so overexposed and and you you appreciate that because they're weak that they're wrestling multiple times a week and they have to keep to a very very specific move set Mm. um, that only really tends to showcase barely half if not a quarter of their ability and it gets it gets very repetitive um, I mean, there's only so many times you can see the Usos do a super kick or, um, you know, Finn, Finn Balor um, do a uh, sling blade. Uh, him and Seth Rollins both do the sling blade. And, you know, even with the Hardys, there's, there's you know, Twister of Fate, Whisper in the Wind. They only have about five moves each um, <laughs> that, they, that they showcase. Uh, and even like it kind of even Kevin Owens, you know, he he's just mm. come back, and I love Kevin Owens. He's doing he's doing the stunner at the moment though, which is yeah, he's doing awesome. the stunner. Which I'm popping I'm okay. popping for that every time he does it. So yeah, when he say a bad word against Kevin Owens, no, right no, now. no, no, I'm not, I'm not. But but you, <laughs> I know what you mean though. You still know that there, there's a set number of moves they're going to pull out, and I and it's not that I'm criticizing them because you know we we know that they can put on big matches that, that fully showcase their ability. Um, even AJ Styles, who's, who's incredible. We know, he, know he's incredible, but, but, but dealing with that, um, you know, that amount of, of matches consistently weekly, I just mm. think it's too much considering how many wrestlers they have on the roster. Um, they, they really fail to rotate. And at the moment I'm starting to get, particularly irritated by the NXT calls. Try again. I'm particularly getting irritated about the NXT call-ups because, oh my God, they're on NXT, they're on Raw, and they're on SmackDown. 
And not that I don't love all the, the wrestlers involved, but it's just too much. It's a lot of exposure. Yeah, mm. I don't want to see them three days in a row every week. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I, uh, that's uh, that. This is kind of going to the opposite end of the scale, but you know, Ricochet is one of my favourite wrestlers at the moment in terms of athletic ability. Athletic ability. Um, you know, his storytelling in the ring, his selling everything. You know, I think he's a great performer. Same for Alistair Black as well. Yeah, but I agree. I agree. There's a lot of them on WWE TV right now, which is. It's a bit of a blessing and a curse because I love seeing them perform, but at the same time, it's like, do I need to see you three times a week? I don't, I don't know. It's, Particularly when uh, it's uh, kind of at the expense of, of existing wrestlers. I, I don't, I, I appreciate yeah. they, they, they need to put them over. They need to give them some, you know, some high profile wins. But if they're going to do that, you know, three nights in a row or exaggeration, two nights in a row, it, it, it's a bit much because I, I don't want to see the revival. have only just got the belt, mm. and now they're losing every week. And uh, you know, not I, f- I, f- I feel bad for complaining though because you know, the, whenever people get brought up from NXT, the first complaint is, "Oh, they don't know what to do with them," or they're getting buried already, or they're you know they're making making them like absolute geeks. Yeah. But then they've brought these guys up and they're winning matches against top guys, having really good matches by all accounts. So they're actually doing what we've been crowing about for ages. But, you know, and you look at... Um, oh, Lacey Evans? No. Well, yes, that's that that's bad. But also <laughs> EC3. Uh, EC3's yeah, yeah. losing on the main event to Apollo Crews and Tyler Breeze at the moment. So... That's, yeah, that's... You know, that's... that's I... I, I if I was a more conspiracy theorist type person, I'd almost kind of think Vince is just having one over on him because they brought this guy up and they've just done absolutely nothing with him. But that's another story. It's, but they, it's, they did the same with Sanity. But, but coming back to um, uh, Black and Ricochet, the, the problem is they're doing it as a tag team, which... Um, is is a bit strange. I, I'll admit it feels mm. a bit strange because they were never a tag team on NXT. Um, they're not really a natural fit. No, and uh, they're both respects. brilliant. They're, but they're two. They're two of my favourite wrestlers, and it's it's a bit strange. I mean, I'm I'm not saying they're not entertaining to watch as a tag team. I'm not saying that it it completely doesn't work. It's just a it's just an odd way to do it because. It felt like I, I thought the first time that they sort of they they you know they did it to to make them look I don't know for for whatever reason it didn't feel like it was going to carry on like that. I still thought that they were going to come up as singles, and now they've they've carried on and on with the tag team. It's like this is. Where's this well, I mean, I mean, part we're going slightly off tangent here, but just to just to add another word in on it, I think. Part of it was to take a bit of pressure off of them as singles. Mm. Because when you bring people up in that respect and you bring them up as a singles competitor, it puts a lot of pressure on the audience to get into them and a lot of pressure on a performer to actually make a statement for themselves. Whereas I get the feeling that bringing them up as a tag team kind of just made it a little bit of an easier transition to get people into watching them perform. 
and then you kind of develop their characters a bit more singles maybe later on down the road. I might be giving them too much credit, but maybe I think it's just kind of rather than putting them under that big spotlight as a singles guy straight away, bringing them up as a tag team, it just kind of diffuses that um, that pressure on them somewhat. Maybe I don't know. That that's that that's how I saw it anyway. I agree. So, Imran, I'm going to pose a question to you. What did you think about Sting coming back as a part-timer? Well, I mean, that's a difficult one, because are we talking about from when he initially came back against Triple H? And Yeah. Um, well, I, mm, I thought it was good. I mean, the results weren't particularly good, but, um, you know, that... The fact that he he finally got to compete in a WWE ring was great. Because um, I'm I'm not mad at the one offs. I'm in favor of them. So in theory, I thought I'm yeah I'm in favor of it. Like uh, like I said, Batista coming back. I'm in favor of it. I think it's great. I I don't mind have a problem with. Um, I think it's really CM Punk who's kind of he he his impact on people's perceptions of wrestling. I think is really understated, and I think when he made made so much noise about like the rock having a wrestlemania main event a year in advance you know when he talked about people coming in and taking top spots from people that are there every week he really changed people's perceptions and made people ask that question of hey you're right this isn't fair Mm. um but personally i i never had a problem with you know like the rock coming back for a big match or batista coming back or well, Sting, absolutely, it's Sting. He's a, you know, he was like the last legend that there was at that time who hadn't competed in a WWE ring. Uh, so, no, I was absolutely in favor of it. It's, yeah, it's really when the element of competition is taken out of of, of the match or the program, that's when I think so that there's a problem. So, inter- yeah. Interject slightly. So, I think those two examples, Sting and Batista, are safe because they're, I know they're not, you you could argue they're still well they're they're the higher end of the card but because they weren't for any titles um or aren't going to be in the case of um Batista it feels like they're less disruptive that it's yes. it, it, yeah. and it's not as unfair whereas i think there was a time where you know um the rock would come back just in time to insert himself into the title picture and well, have a match at WrestleMania. I'll give you a great example um, to to your point where, like you say, you've got two legends like Batista and Triple H going out in a match in WrestleMania. I mean, the show's seven out, seven odd hours long. So yes, you can allow them to go in and do their thing. But when you've got The Rock coming back and, and beating up the whole of the Wyatt family as he did in WrestleMania. I forget what number it was. But yeah, if you yeah, got like three years ago, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, something mm-hmm. like that. If you got someone who is a part timer slash legend coming back and just kicking the shit out of someone who's on the regular roster right now, who you're trying to build up as yeah. a you know, a force or whatever, that I think is hugely detrimental to the product. I think it's a really short-term bad idea move and that 
side of the part-timer, bringing back, part-timer back, that side of it, I can't agree with at all. I think it's a really bad, bad idea. Yeah, no, I agree with that. That did nothing for poor Eric Rowan, did it? Um, having, losing in like three seconds or something. Yeah, it's so. ridiculous. So, yeah. yeah. But one, one awesome part-timer or, or part-time segment or series of matches that happened um, not too long ago that I really was surprised about how how good it ended up being was Goldberg. And I never thought I'd say that. Mm, agreed. Mm. Yeah, Goldberg, Leicester, that match was five minutes of the craziest shit I think I've ever seen. <laughs> it was just it was just full on. They just said, right, let's just go out there and have the fastest, most blow away match we can because Goldberg probably said, yeah, I'm not going to last more than five minutes. But credit to him. What are you talking about? The, the when he the squash? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like ninety seconds. Uh, no, that sorry, was, not uh, the not the squash on Kevin Owens or the mania match. No, the, yeah, the mania match with uh, Brock Lesnar when he won the title. Right, right, right. And uh, yeah, they just had just crazy five. I don't even think it was long, as long as five minutes. It might have been about five minutes. I think yeah. they were all, all of the matches in, in that series were were really short. And yeah, you I, there was them there, to be short because I don't think any Goldberg matches. In his career, have been particularly long. No, I think so. I think someone, I'm sure I read somewhere, the total minutes of all of the matches that he had when he came back was less than like 20 minutes or something ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, so you came back, had your comeback match, won a title, lost a title, and left inside of 20 minutes. Brilliant. But, Incredible. Yeah. You, you, I totally bought into it, and. And he's, you know, he had his kid in the ring and he was doing it for his family and wanted to be their hero. It kind of, it kind of worked. And, and Brock genuinely sold for him so well. Yeah. And I give, I give a lot of credit for Brock for that because, you know, I know he, in, in the end, he came back and won. But yeah, that was, that was pretty impressive. And um, mm. I mean, I, I wasn't, I didn't really watch much of Goldberg in, in WCW, and I know that when he came back to WWF, it was pretty bad. Mm. Um, it wasn't WWE then, I don't think. Um, mm. But yeah, his second, his, his first run um, in WWE was pretty awful. I would say one thing, one negative I would say about about that run, and going back to my point about part timers coming back and. Um, destroying regular performers was his him uh, destroying Kevin Owens. Ah, uh, yeah, I forgot about that. I thought that. that was a really poor booking decision. I think I feel like Goldberg was only ever going to be there for a limited amount of time. And Kevin Owens is one of your top regular performers and he's got your top belt. And you just had a guy who's going to be with the company for, you know, six months come and squash potentially one of your top guys I it just uh, to me again feels short felt short-sighted no it, it was uh, it's, yeah yeah so I mean you know like you say Goldberg doesn't seem to be capable of having a match that's longer than about a minute and a half so <laughs> you know it is what it is but I I did not like. That's one part of that whole storyline I didn't like. I thought they 
could have done something better with that. But, uh, I agree, yeah. but I would say at that time and, and for a long time after they they did the whole chicken shit heel with Owens. Yeah, they, they, his run was terrible as well. Yeah. Anyway, so they it was just like just the icing on that cake, quite frankly. Having him like before he got injured, um, having him continuously squashed every week by Braun Strowman. I mean, okay, Braun Strowman is is you know a monstrous unit who could put down anyone on the roster, but beating Kevin Owen, Owens mm. up for lols every week was yeah, it, it was just beyond a joke. Cool. Okay, so. The final consensus is that not all part-timers are bad, but some of them can be terrible. That didn't make any sense. Hang on. No, no. That did make sense. That, wait, that did make sense. Yes, yeah, it did no, make no, sense. It, it did a wee bit. <laughs> wait, hang on. Let me it think. did a wee bit. Hang on. Part-timers can be bad, but... Okay, all right. Okay. No, do it again. <laughs> Shut up, man. Oh. <laughs> um, so, yeah. going uh, back to what Dan was saying about Lesnar, if I can, because it's been on my mind, but like, I kind of, I understand, I almost agree with everything you said, Dan, uh, about Lesnar, but I kind of feel like that's sort of, a lot of that is down to booking, as opposed to just the concept of him being a part-timer. Do you know what I mean? On a limited sort of schedule. And I, yeah. I think that he's he, he's had that title for way, 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 way too long. Mm. And it was sort of the, the a really great angle that, went on was supposed to be a year and it went on for like five years it was the angle that never had a payoff mm. and um hopefully seth is going to be that payoff but um it just seems like they they don't know how to book him at the moment without a title and i think that's kind of where they've gone a bit astray so to speak I think, but, well i think part of the problem was that roman was supposed to take the title off him so many times and they were nervous of pulling the trigger because of obviously a lot of the negative reaction that Roman used to get. Yeah, it was also tied into Lesnar's schedule though as well. Yeah. His contract was supposed to end, but just before that mania, he extended for like a two or three years. Yeah, the letter well, Reigns wasn't on the popularity stake, so they thought, well, this was supposed to be a year, but let's just keep it going. Well, yeah. So they did. Well, no, I think it went the other way. I think they were going to put it on Roman, but then because they were worried about another backlash at WrestleMania. They then offered Lesnar an extension to the contract, and Lesnar went, "Sure, I'll take the money." <laughs> and and uh, yeah, so then they switched gears and let Lesnar keep the belt. But I don't know. But I think you know there are times where Lesnar has has lost the belt, and it's been when he was in a fatal three way or four way, and he didn't get pinned. And I don't see why he can't play that part. Every now and then, you know, when you, you can have two people bickering over in the title picture and then suddenly Lesnar's music hits uh, and, and a, a few matches later and he's in the, you know, he's in that the title match with the two guys and, and the, the current title holder. And it, He's going to sell more tickets. He's going to improve the quality of, of that match if he steps yeah. into it. But he doesn't constantly have to be the belt holder. Like he, he can lose, you know, he, he can lose without getting pinned. It, mm. it just doesn't have to be this this continuous cycle of 
you know, he, he's the part-timer with the belt and, you know, it, it's so, you know, even if he does lose, he, he he seems to win it back about two matches later. And I think, you know, he, he's got enough presence and he's got enough, you know, um, I don't know, ability, you know, to, to get back in the ring and do a lot of damage without having to always have the title, in my opinion. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very disturbing silence. It was. I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. Um, I, I I agree. Uh, sorry, I've just thought of an answer. I agree. Um, but it's easier to book him by. He doesn't need to be there if he has if he has the title. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Then you can. It just goes on for ages, doesn't it? In terms of he, if he has a title, he doesn't need to be there to to sell a feud. If it's difficult to build a feud, to start a feud, if he's not going to be there, yeah, it's true. Yeah, you, know, you can't just have Heyman come out every week and, well, and no, bash I mean, the opponent. Heyman doesn't come out every week for for the ratio of when he does appear. He he can easily insert himself into a, into the title picture, into a match, you know, and, and interrupt a feud. Um, because of who he is, he, he's Brock Lesnar. I mean, the rules don't ever really seem to apply to him or Heyman. They're, they're you know, they they are above a certain, I don't know, presumption. They are above other wrestlers. They, you know, they they do what they want when they want, and that kind of because it because of that, it feels like that you know they could have just as much impact without the title. I mean, exaggerating, obviously not the same, but it feels like he can just come in and completely change, you know, the the balance of of a, of a title match by, you know, threatening the two people involved. I think, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, I kind of feel that would yeah. be a bit more interesting than what it is at the moment. But I know we're all in agreement yeah. that yeah, you know, uh, he's been, he uh, too. too long. Yep. Yep. Cool. Yep. Okay. So, um, yeah, are there any further points? I think uh, we're all in agreement that there is a benefit to having part-timers in the product to a certain extent, as long as they're used wisely and sparingly, I think. But I think coming back to one point very quickly, like the Batista against Triple H. Well, we know Triple H beat um, Sting, which was quite surprising uh, considering the build-up to it, do you feel? I don't know. I remember saying a lot that the the endings of a lot of these part-time matches, especially with Cena, for example, are pretty easy to call. Would we then say that Triple H versus Batista is going to be another win for Triple H? I genuinely don't know, and that, and that, I think that's the beauty of of this matchup because if you look at Triple H, if you go based on Triple H's ego, you go, yeah, he's going to go over. However, I, I genuinely don't know at this point. I think, and I think that's, I think that's the beauty of this match. It could go either way. 
Yeah, I you think know, it depends they, on if Batista's going to go further than one match or not. I, I think if it's know, a one-match deal, Hunter should win it. Oh. Well, if you if you were to ask me who I, who I want to win it, I think Batista should win it. I'd yeah. not, I, oh, I actually... No, I think Hunter, because Batista, he said he wanted one last match. He said that on his promo last week. He said oh, it was yeah. supposed to be one last match, yeah. and there's the revenge angle of it. Yeah. So um, I, I imagine, I, I think story-wise, in terms of the rules of wrestling, um, being Batista's last match, you don't, you don't tend to win your last match. Although I think Kurt should. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think just from a story perspective, I absolutely think Hunter should win it. Yeah. No, I, 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 I'm kind of the opposite. I'd, I'd like, I like the idea of Batista always having one over on him. I, I like the I like the idea mm-hmm. that he's the one guy that he can never beat, and I know it, it feels like there's a bit of an unfinished business. But then, if you give Triple H that win back, it's the fifty fifty thing, and it's it just feels a little bit like I mean, unless they were going to go, let's do one more because the series is drawn or whatever yeah, it is. Decide it You know, maybe if they were to go down that road, I, I could go, okay, yeah, fair enough. Let Triple H win this one and then they have one big final career ending, blah, 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 match at next year's WrestleMania or whatever. Yeah. But, Which they uh, could or, do. Depends. Or, Summer, or SummerSlam. But I, I, I'm, I don't think, yeah, I, I, I don't think Triple H needs to win this match. For me, I I don't see it as a yeah as and a as a I, big can deal. Can I say one thing? I mean, it, it's been a while. I, can't, I can barely remember how it, you know the standard that Batista wrestles at anymore. I know he wasn't. You know, he was always a a kind of it was more more like Roman Reigns than he was. Well, he's he's, he's dropped a lot of muscle mass as well, so yeah, that'd be yeah, interesting. Yeah. Which is which is strange. But I kind of feel like, I don't know, every match that I've seen Triple H involved in has been terrible in the last sort of four or five years. He, the, the, the matches, and I know he, uh, he tore a, a peck, wasn't it? Yes. But he's yeah. in those Undertaker matches were just absolutely awful. Um, so my, my only thing is, and I, I know it's logical, I know that this kind of makes sense more than any other feud for Batista to be in, but I'm kind of a bit sad that this, this has to end with Triple H. Um, I'd much rather it was Randy Orton or, I don't know, who, who else can't, can't be with. It is by Batista's Rick, Rick, request, Rick. though, in fairness. Yeah, no, Rick, no, Rick, no. You could go up against Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I get it has to be Triple H and it does make sense. But yeah, I, I kind of feel like um, I, I, as a final match, this is the final match you probably wanted to have seen five to ten years ago. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Triple H to me is like The Undertaker. I, I rate them. They've had, you know, they've been you know, fantastic wrestlers throughout, you know, the, the WWE eras that they've been part of but I don't want to see either of them in a ring anymore I really don't and do you think I have to ask the last question Taker at Mania yes or no 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 no. 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 hell no 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 (laughs) no there we have it (laughs) yeah yeah, but no 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 no. (laughs) no. cool all right well thank you very much gentlemen 
appreciate your candor and your input on this subject. It was very enlightening. Yes, thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Cool. See you.